Welcome, this is Voice of Change, a syndicated radio broadcast and podcast airing since 2011. Voice of Change is committed to raising the leader in you. And because time is the unit of life, I assure you that the next few minutes you have decided to invest in your own leadership journey will be rewarded with a definite paradigm shift. Stay with me on Voice of Change. Last week on Voice of Change, we were looking at the question of young people in nation building. We started from defining what a nation is because as an architect who has been practicing for decades, I know that to build any building or space, I must first know what it is. So to build a nation, we must be clear as to what a nation is. Nigeria, in essence, is a nation of ethnic nationalities. In reality, a conglomeration of nations within nations. Some people allude to this as being the fundamental challenge that Nigeria has to surmount. However, when we look at other countries like India, who have over four times the ethnic nationalities that we have in Nigeria, or eight times as much, depending on what indices we're looking at, we see that a multiplicity of nationalities or languages or cultural differences does not mean different people groups cannot forge forward as a nation. We then looked at what I considered to be the pillars of a nation. In my opinion, the pillars of a nation is the citizenry, the ideology, the vision around which they all gather, the vision could be defeating a common enemy. It could be achieving a common goal, but there must be an ideology around which people groups gather or a group of people. America prides itself on being the land of the brave and the home of the free. Whenever the Americanness of an action by the state or by the people is called into question, it is on the basis of this belief and on the basis of the United States Declaration of Independence, an ideology that all subscribe to on the 4th of July, 1776, and which is meant to still guide the United States of America till today. The institutions also are a pillar of the nation, the legislature, the executive, or the presidency, the judiciary, and of course, civil society and other aspects of nationhood. This week, we will be examining some fundamental concepts in nationhood, chief of which is the Commonwealth. Join me after this break to examine the question of what the Commonwealth of a nation truly is. Voice of Change is offered by AB Consulting and Orphan Treasures Foundation Partners. Subscribe to Voice of Change Podcast today on iTunes and Spotify and don't miss a single episode. Welcome back to Voice of Change. I'm your host, Ola Jumoke Adinowa, and you can follow me on Instagram at Jumoke Adinowa. What is the Commonwealth of a Nation? The answer is actually found in its very name. The wealth that is common to everyone, the wealth that belongs to everyone. All nations have the commonwealth as a resource that is for all. This does not mean that under every political construct, 
that every citizen is entitled to the same amount of wealth as the other. The Commonwealth actually would be the resources of the nation that is held for the common good. The whole idea is that the nation should be able to optimize its Commonwealth so that its citizenry might benefit from this Commonwealth. In Nigeria, an obvious example of what we believe is a Commonwealth is crude oil. Now, ideas differ as to how revenue from this resource should be shared. But generally, I think in Nigeria, we believe that the crude belongs to all. In other countries, the crude might belong to the states from which it has been extracted, with some percentage of the revenue accruing to the Federation at large. The idea of electing representatives is to ensure that these citizens who are elevated to the level of representing us concern themselves exclusively to the managing of our commonwealth for the optimization of these resources. The very concept of the division of labor will dictate to us that we all cannot leave what we do 24-7 to administer our commonwealth, meaning there will be no doctors if every doctor said they were going to get up, go to Abuja or go to the state capital to administer the commonwealth. Therefore, the governor cedes the authority to manage his commonwealth to an elected representative who concerns himself with that task exclusively, leaving his own position. This elected official is then supposed to leave his own role as perhaps a doctor, a lawyer, a trader, whatever he was before, for the period for which he is elected or appointed the representative of the people, he is to devote himself exclusively to serving the people. For he is a representative of the people to protect, preserve, and to promote and optimize the commonwealth. It's obvious immediately then that nobody expects anyone to be in the National Assembly or any part of the legislature running around for contracts while living in housing or driving cars that was paid for by taxpayers. This notion that appointed officials are representatives of the people is why they are held to account in mature societies all over the world. This is why a minister of transport would resign. If there is an accident, perhaps an aviation disaster, a maritime disaster, and lives are lost under his tenure, he considers himself directly responsible because by his actions or inactions, omission or commission, part of the Commonwealth was lost under his supervision. The Commonwealth, the citizenry, ensures by paying their taxes, amongst other avenues, that the elected or appointed officials who see to their Commonwealth, who are in essence acting on their behalf, are as comfortable as the nation can afford to make them, to ensure that their task of seeing to the Commonwealth and protecting the Commonwealth is facilitated as much as possible. So this would be the genesis of the sirens and escort cars for elected and appointed officials. It is assumed that they are going about very, very extremely important duties on my behalf and on your behalf. Therefore, we should make way 
so they can get to their task on time. It is the same philosophy that guides the sirens and the alarms on ambulances and fire engines. They need to get somewhere fast. An escort, therefore, and sirens are not trappings of office per se. They are to facilitate busy people who are working in the service of the people to get to their destination in a speedy manner because they serve the common good. Official housing close to where representatives work are not venues for meetings to facilitate business dealings amongst representatives, but to see to it that they can get to their places of office as efficiently and as easily as possible. Because the idea is that they are serving the people. The people are seeing to their needs so that they can be free to see to the needs of the people. The Commonwealth, amongst all the resources that a nation possesses, I believe that the greatest wealth of a nation are truly its people. The nation of Singapore lends credence to my belief Singapore is a nation that has no natural resources. And the one asset Singapore seemed to have was the fact that it had a shoreline. It had a port. Singapore has become an entrepreneur economy and has become a success story going from third to first world in less than 30 years under the leadership of one benevolent dictator, Lee Kuan Yew. Singapore proved that you don't have to have crude oil. Mm. Singapore proved you don't have to have diamonds, you don't have to have gold. Singapore proved that the true resources of a country lies in its human capital. Therefore, as we reflect on what the Commonwealth is and we think about the fact that the Commonwealth in many nations in Africa is squandered or in the pockets of a few we should remember that effort was directed at developing the citizenry. It will be very difficult for a few to corner the wealth of many because then the wealth of the nation would reside in its people and people cannot be stolen and locked up in Swiss banks. As young people, let us remember as we rise in our leadership capacity either as a supervisor in the bank today, as a prefect in your secondary school, or whatever cadre of leadership you find yourself in. Remember that your people whom you serve are your greatest resource and you need to develop these people indeed to develop the Commonwealth. So my listener, I ask you a question today. Can young people truly join in this task of nation building? The answer is a resounding yes. Young people can add value to another life today. We do not have to wait until we have an appointment or an elective office. A young person that organizes the young people on their street and gives them free maths classes because he's good in maths is building the nation by building the people. Look around you. Is there a need around you that you can fill? That is your own task in building the nation. Start with what you have from where you are today. This is not the time to say, if I had 10, 5 million, I would start. What can you do with what you have 
with the people you meet who are around you exactly where you are today. Start from there and start to build the nation. Building the nation is building the people. It's time for change.